0: to talk. I gotta tell what I feel. I gotta talk about my life as I see it.
1: Biggie. Welcome, welcome everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the KIRP Radio Show. It's another weekend, man. It's time to do it again. Ready to set you guys' week off right like we always do. It is uh, March 10th, 2013. I hope everybody has set their clocks forward one hour so you all can lose one hour of sleep with me. And uh, I lost one hour of sleep this morning, so welcome to uh, losing that one hour of sleep. Anyway, um... It's been an interesting week folks man there's been a lot going on forgive me if i don't sound like myself right now i'm sure that my hope my uh my special guest for this evening uh glenn bradley will uh bring me back to uh myself with with some of the things that he has the knowledge that he holds and and the things that i'm sure he has to share with you all um it's a special treat, man. I don't know if you guys know, but, you know, Glenn Bradley is a, is a very awesome guy. Um, definitely a constitutionalist, a Ron Paul guy. Shout out to, to Glenn Bradley. I, I almost called him Representative Bradley. That's that's what I'm used to calling him. And, uh, frankly, you know, I'm I'm excited to have him on because, you know, in my mind, you know, Glenn Bradley is a Frederick Douglass Republican. I, I don't know if you guys know, but I, that's, that's what I like to call him. You know, he's a guy that believes in truth. He's a guy that believes in uh, the American way, the people way, you know, through the people, for the people, by the people. He's that guy, uh, definitely a con- supporter of the Constitution, and, uh, you know, he's an awesome guy. So, you know, I just reached out to him last week during some things that uh, took place last week. Um, and, and for people out there who have just logged on to the show, thank you guys for listening to the KRP radio show Um There's a lot of folks probably listening that that aren't, you know, very familiar with uh, all the places that we are. So just Google K-I-R-P radio show uh, for you guys who don't know how to get on in different ways or folks that may be listening by phone and would like to listen online or what may have you. iPhones, we're definitely on iTunes. Look look up your um, iTunes podcast uh, K I R P radio show, three words. Look us up. We're definitely on there. The iTunes is on fire. We got a lot of iTunes listeners out there, so shout out to all the iTunes listeners out there. Also online, you could you could reach us by Show dot com, or you could get us get us at uh, Blog Talk Radio slash K I R P radio show. We're on there as well, and uh, you know we got numerous blogs. Man, we are all over the place. So you know just look just look reach out you know look listen to some of the old shows feel free to hit us up with a comment and let us know about something that you don't agree with and i always say don't agree with because on my show and and the views that i hold and the things that i say and uh some of the things that i express seems to not go over well with people and i'm just used to that now so that's cool i'm i'm fine with it i get it I understand that it happens. I'm I'm cool with that. You know, I've come to terms with it. So uh, if I say something that you guys don't agree with, you know, hit us up on the Facebook. It's at symbol K-I-R-P radio show, at symbol NC Pudgy is me. And uh, on my Twitter, on my NC Pudgy Twitter, don't be surprised on what I might say. You know, I always have to add that to any time that I let people know what my Twitter page is. I always have to add that. Don't be surprised on what I might say because... I believe in the freedom of speech, so I'm going to definitely say what comes to my mind. I I don't mean any disrespect to anybody. I hope folks out there that that don't know me, because people that know me, they realize that I never, like that's rule life number one for me outside of believing in God. There's no rules with that. That's just who I am. But, you know, rule life number one for me is no disrespect. Now that's outside of an argument and we're in an argument, we're getting busy, whatever, it's time to throw the hands, anything goes. But outside of that, I don't mean any disrespect to people. And I always often, you know, say what's on the top of my head. And and, and sometimes it might come off horrible. Sometimes it comes off as being mean spirited or what may have you. And I don't try to be like that. You know, I just, listen, there's a lot of things going on out here. Right. And And there's a lot of situations that people just don't know about and, you know, I'm I'm always talking about politics and I'm and I'm dealing with people in the political world and in political fields and you know, a lot of times these people have me hot around the collar, man, because you know, with the politicians today, they don't commonly do what we want them to do. And I got a big problem with that. You know, I have a huge problem with that. And uh that's what that's kind of what we're going to talk about tonight. We're going to spin off into some other things and you know G- Glenn Bradley has got his hands in some things that I want to I want to ask him about and ask him what you know where's his future goal and you know we're going to talk about a, a a a lot of things tonight, you know. And you know that's just what it is, man. That's what we do on the KRP radio show. Shout out to everybody out there for listening to the number one black conservative talk radio show. Conservative Talk Radio Show Southeastern United States and I have to add that conservative in there. Because people always ask me, Pudgy, how are you conservative? Why are you conservative? And, and, and you know, I, I, it, it don't piss me off, but in my mind, like the way that I live, the way that I know that most people live, most of us are conservative in our views. Most of us are conservatives in our homes. Most of us are conservatives in our wallet. You know, most of us are conservative in our faith. You know what I'm saying? So I, I don't I don't understand why not be a conservative. I don't get it. I think the problem with it is that a lot of people out there want you to uh, live under the definition that they've given conservatism outside of the conservative movement. You know, people like to define things the way that they think they see it rather than the way things really are. You know, perception is reality to a lot of people, but oftentimes it's not true. You know, sometimes your reality is. Or, or your your perception is skewed, sometimes your view is skewed. sometimes you don't understand what the heck you're looking at. You know sometimes you don't understand what people are saying, so you lean towards people who say that they live the way you live and they think the way you think. You lean towards their definition and the way they define those things that you don't understand, which is why a lot of people attack- a lot of people will attack conservatives. You know, a lot of people look at conservatives and say, How do you think like that? How do you how do, how would you want to cut money out of the budget or how would you not support people who can't take care of themselves? Look, conservatism is simply this the belief in God above all others, the belief that one holds the one who holds the ability to take care of themselves should be held to that. Okay? The belief in the Constitution, which is a document that stands over all other legal binding documents that we should abide by, that our government should abide by. We are anti communist, we are anti socialist. And that's just who we are. Now, I can go off into a whole lot of other things, but i'm just I'm just letting you guys know individual responsibility, belief in God, fiscal responsibility that's that's very simple. that Those are the three things that most people will give you, but the the beautiful thing about conservatism outside of communism, socialism, and all these other isms out there that you guys want to name in conservatism, it's self-defined. like it's the way that we live. It's just the righteous way to live that's self-defined by me, by you, by whomever else. Like, we don't need, I don't need, I, I say we, I can't speak for everybody, but I don't need anybody else to define who I am. Like, I don't, I don't need anybody to define how I live, anybody else, excuse me. I don't, I don't have to look for a certain leader in the community or in the government or, or what may have you. I don't need anybody to explain who Pudgy is and how Pudgy lives and what Pudgy believes in. I can do that myself. That's why I'm a conservative. I'm a strong conservative. I don't back down for that. I'm a strong black conservative, and I don't care who don't like it. Like, a, a lot of conservatives say, oh Pudgy, you shouldn't use the term conservative. You shouldn't use the term black conservative. You're an American. you damn right I'm American, but have you noticed that I'm black? Like, wh- why is that a problem? Why is it a problem that I, that I define that? That's who I am. If I was checking the box on an application, that wouldn't be a problem. If I was doing a survey, that wouldn't be a problem. Why is it a problem that I define myself as a black conservative? It shouldn't be a problem with that, and people think that people people like to say that that creates all that creates division, and and this is my beef with other conservatives because these are the ones that saying that majority of the time. it doesn't create a, a nothing. I, I'm just a black conservative. What's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with that. So I'm gonna ever I'm gonna forever identify myself as a black conservative because this is who I am. I'm a black man in America. You know, it, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with being a white man in America. There's nothing wrong with being a Spanish man in America, the Latin, whatever you want to call it. There's nothing wrong with who you are. And and that's something that we have to get over as a people, as individuals. We got to get over all this touchy stuff, man. People, you got grown men out here acting like punks. We're scared to say what's on our mind and grown women too while we're on the topic. I'm so sick of everybody being so touchy-feely about wordplay. It is what it is, man. If you don't like it, you just don't like it. Say, I don't like it and move on. Agree to disagree, whatever. Or you don't have to agree at all. Just go about your business. But you can't stop the way people are using language, and and, and you can't stop the way people define themselves, and you can't tell them that they're wrong either because they're defining them. See, no one can define you. We define ourselves. No one else can define us. They can lie. They can tell us who they think we are. They can tell us what they would like us to be. They can tell us what we sound like. But the truth of the matter is nobody can define you. Nobody. Nobody can define Pudgy. Nobody can define me. You can define this show if you like, but you still can be wrong. So anyway, 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 it is what it is, man. Shout out to everybody out there listening online. All my Twitter listeners out there, man, you guys are definitely awesome. Tonight we are standing with Rand, and there's a lot of people out there that don't even realize that history was made this week and and you know, that puts me in an awkward place like if if you tell somebody do you, do you realize that last week history was made for you me and everybody and and this is the beautiful part now it th- there's no specific group of people whether you agree with Rand Paul or not there's no specific people that his stand his filibuster represented it was just the- it was america people who excuse me people who live in Americans, whether you are an American or not, whether you're a legal bonded citizen or not, what he did was was like man it is it's monumental to me you know it, it's monumental to me and and i and I watched. As this thing transpired from the morning, from the noon, from the night, I got a call from someone in Washington. Shout out to my, my affiliates out there to hold us down, KRP affiliates out there or my personal affiliates out there. But I got a call from someone and I got an email in the middle of the night saying that, you know, blah, 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 what's going to happen? This might be on the radar, blah, blah, blah. So keep your eye on it. By 11 a.m. that morning, actually by 9, there were some reports coming out, but by 11 a.m. that morning, Rand Paul was preparing the filibuster and that's what we're going to get into with representative bradley i'm going to call him representative bradley damn it i don't care what you think so we got to go to commercial folks when we come back my man glenn bradley is going to come on the show and he's going to tell you guys why he's a constitutionalist he's going to tell you guys why he's awesome because i think the man is awesome and once again you don't have to agree with that but i think he's awesome And uh, he's going to tell you some other things. So we'll be right back after this commercial, man. Shout out to everybody out there at the Loving Father Society. Shout out to my brother Rashad Woods, my partner, the vice president. And I love being a black father and the Loving Father Society. And everybody else out there, this is the way you get your week started, baby. This is how you get your fix of conservatism. This is cool conservatism. We'll be right back after these messages. You're rocking with the KIRP radio show, baby. The number one black conservative radio show, Southeastern United States.
0: A lot for coming to my school today.
1: No problem, Nate.
0: I promise to exercise and eat right.
1: Don't forget 60 minutes to play a day, right?
0: And I'll grow up to be big and strong like you. Absolutely. And play in the NFL. Yes, sir. And be dressing number one. Maybe. And become the starting quarterback of the Panthers. <laughs> okay. You can be my backup. Excuse me? And make Panthers fans forget about you. What? And become your mom's favorite player.
2: Whoa.
3: Even some gun stalwarts, such as West Virginia Democratic Senator Joe Manchin, today sounded a bit more compromising.
2: I don't know anyone in the sporting or hunting arena that goes out with an assault rifle. I don't know anybody that needs 30 rounds in the clip to go hunting.
3: White House officials say the president does not view this tragedy only through the lens of access to guns, but also with a focus on education,
2: mental health, and a violent popular culture. How many more innocent people? How many more? How many more? What has been the number one cause of unnatural
3: death in history?
4: Demicide, or death by government, has killed 290 million people on record.
3: Look it up. Go look it up. In the 20th century, government murdered four times as many people as were killed in all the international and domestic wars combined. USSR, 61,911,000 people killed. Hitler's Germany, nearly 21 million people killed.
4: Japan's imperialism nearly six million people killed.
3: Western colonization killed over 50 million people.
2: Pol Pot's Cambodia funded by the U.S. government, two million people killed. China's Communist Party, as many as 76 million people killed between 1949 and 1987.
3: And the list goes on and on demand to know why the department of homeland security bought more than 1.6 billion hollow point bullets how many more people does government have to kill enough enough
4: demand an end to citizen disarmament
2: as an american as an american citizen as a patriot
4: for your children
2: enough of the people laying down And letting government kill them in mass after disarming them as they've done throughout history over and over again. Now is the time. It's time.
3: It's time to realize that when the government takes your guns, people die. It's
4: time to realize the biggest threat to you and your family is government.
3: It's time to recognize. Government is the greatest killer of all time. Demand they show you the word hunting in the Second Amendment.
2: Demand our politicians uphold the Constitution and Bill of Rights as they swore to when they took office. It's time for our leaders to read
3: the Constitution. It's time for our leaders to obey. The Constitution. The Constitution. The Constitution.
1: Because a well-regulated militia with 10 round
3: magazines wouldn't last very long. So
2: now you know the most dangerous thing to you and your family in the world is
3: government. Because mass murderers agree, gun control works.
1: Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back, Carter. Y'all remember Welcome Back, Carter? Anyway, I'm showing my age a little bit, I guess. Welcome back to the KRRP Radio Show, baby. Um, I just want to take a second to give a shout-out to the Frederick Douglass Foundation, man. These guys are absolutely awesome. You can look them up, look up dot uh, FrederickDouglassFoundation.com, check these folks out, look at, their, look at their work, look at their movement, join the movement, join the work. I think for a little it's $10 a month. You can become a member and uh they do some do some wonderful things out there, man. So check these folks out and uh, you know, let me know what you think. Send me a comment back. If you got a comment, hit us up at KRRP at gmail dot com and we will be happy to respond to you guys. But please, please, please. We get a lot of emails without a subject line. So please give us a subject line in there before you guys uh Send off your email. Uh, for everybody else that's listening online, maybe you guys get bumped off the phone line. I don't know. Sometimes the phone lines get full. I believe we can hold up to two, five hundred, something like that. Not sure what it is. Log on to KIRP radio at gmail.com. Or you can check us out at Blog talk. That's blogtalk.com slash K I R P radio show. Ah, can't get my ah. I know what's going on, man. I can't can't talk right today. Anyway, we're also on iTunes, man. Itunes podcast k-i-r-p radio and show three words that's how you can get us in uh you know tell your friends man send us a tweet let us let folks know that we're on the air and if you want to call in the number 619-638-8559 without further ado folks north carolina representative former okay usmc constitute constitutional scholar my man himself Welcome to the show, everybody. My man, Glenn Bradley. How are you doing this evening, Glenn?
4: Outstanding, Pudgy. How about yourself?
1: Hey, man, I'm mad because I couldn't get your intro the way I wanted to get it, but, you know, it, it, we apologize for that, man. You know, oh, It's have,
4: all good. You can just call me Glenn. I don't care.
1: <laughs> we have big-time people on the show. We like to treat them right, man, and you've been big-time for us in North Carolina, my man, and I appreciate that, Definitely.
4: Well, I definitely appreciate the support. It's uh, sometimes can be uh, difficult to take a, a stand, especially when you take a stand all alone. But uh, you know, it's th- those are the kind of things that we got to do, and it's the uh, support from folks like you that that gives us the courage to keep doing it.
1: Well, Glenn, speaking on taking a stand, man, I, I just want to get right into it. I'm not going to talk about Rand just yet because I, let's talk about something a little bit near home. I mean, you've been taking a stand for the last couple years for North Carolina <laughs> on a number. Of different topics, man. How does it feel like? How, how does Rand? How did Rand Paul feel last night doing? I mean, last week during that filibuster, you know, you know exactly what it's like.
4: Well, for a long time, you know, I haven't been a big fan of of either party. Uh, just coming up as an American, I, uh-huh. I know that our country is in a lot of trouble. And the only way to get back, get America back, is to get back to the Constitution. Well, I didn't see a whole lot of effort uh, from any party to get back to the Constitution, so uh, you know I refused to be politically involved for so long. And then, uh, of course, uh, I started getting involved when Ron Paul ran for president in '07, Mm -hmm. and you know since that point, I've just uh, basically dumped my whole life and, and gave every effort I have to to restoring America. Now. It makes it easier. The reason I said all that is because it actually makes it easier to make a stand when you realize what that the entire country is at stake here. Uh, I mean, if you think that America is just going to you know continue on forever without any trouble, that the dollar is in perfect shape, that that everything else is great, then you have a choice to either make a stand or you know go along to get along, and you end up you know, gainfully employed forever, however yeah. long. Yeah. But you know, I I don't see the point in guaranteeing that I'm going to be in politics for a hundred years when you know five years down the road America might not be here. I just don't see that. Wow. So it's actually easier to take a stand when you understand what's at stake. So, but it it can be a very lonely time sometimes.
1: <laughs> Man, I I tell you what, there's there's been a lot going on just as of late. But you know, if, if folks really haven't been paying attention, there's been a lot going on for the last few years, and and I don't just mean since 2008. You know, these things go back way back to it, at least in my knowledge, 2000, 2001, before things mm-hmm. really started to transpire in North in, in in this country, not in in North Carolina included. You know, um, yeah. Let let me rewind for people just a little bit, and and I want to get into the basics. Because I, I know that you can explain this, and I'm sure we have a lot of people who really don't understand the process, but if you could take a moment and, and just kind of summarize you know, what exactly the Senate and in, in North Carolina, the North Carolina Senate and the North Carolina House of Representatives, if you can explain that process of what they do so they'll get a better feel of what we're talking about later.
4: Uh, absolutely. Um, well, it, it's very similar to what happens in the U.S. Congress. Uh, where the House is given the responsibility for the budget, so uh, the spending and taxation comes from the House, and then the Senate is the smaller chamber, and what it, either one can introduce a bill, and then it goes through the process of committees uh, to be modified or approved or rejected, and then once the bill comes out of committee, it'll go to the floor for a vote, and if it passes that vote, it goes to the other chamber, Uh, And if it passes the other chamber, then it goes for the governor's signature or a veto. Um, There's, of course, a lot that can happen from there if it gets vetoed. Uh, We heard a lot about that in the last session. There was uh, uh, more vetoes then than in North Carolina history. So uh, I I suppose people are probably quite familiar with with that part of it in in any case. Mm -hmm. One of the problems that we do have to encounter, which is something that also happens in Congress…  … is folks who do have the courage to take a stand are often shut down or shut out. Um, I know a a really good friend of mine, Larry Pittman, has just introduced a bill in the House. It was uh, House Bill 246, which is a really good bill. Um, It doesn't quite go as far as as I would like, but it guarantees, among other things, that North Carolina will not violate the Second Amendment. Well, because it had the audacity to stand up to the federal government… Uh, he's getting arm twisted with threats that none of his bills are going to be heard, and I don't think that that's proper. And that's a, one of wow. the problems that we have to to deal with in in
1: government today. Wow, that that's amazing. So, it, it, it's in politics. It's a little bit. It's a little bit like school almost. If you don't get down with <laughs> the crew, and you don't chill with the clique, and you don't agree with what the status quo says, you're kind of ostracized.
4: Oh, yeah, that's absolutely true. Uh, one of the first observations I made when I ended up in the North Carolina State House is that the vast majority of the members are just uh, children on a schoolyard. It, 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 it's not about the principle. It's about, you know, uh, well, you didn't respect me when you said this, or you voted against my other bill, so I'm going to vote against your bill. And, and that's the kind of schoolyard attitude that we got to get away from if we're going to save America.
1: Wow. Uh, on, on You're listening to the K-O-P radio show Six one nine six three eight eight five five nine with Glenn Bradley on the show right now. House Rep- House of Representatives, former House of Representatives Glenn Bradley. Hey Glenn, let me ask you this really quick. What what was the what do you think is the most important bill uh that you proposed while uh working in North Carolina's State House?
4: The most important bill that I proposed was actually House Bill 587. It was more of a complicated one. It was called the North Carolina Jobs Bill.
5: Yes, sir. And
4: what it would have done is it would have completely uh, renovated our regulatory system that would have uh, massively increased employment. Well, I spent about 90% of my time in the House pushing that bill, and what ended up happening was about 90% of my language was adopted in Senate Bill 781, but they took the teeth out, so it's not going to have that much of an impact, unfortunately.
1: <laughs> how did this happen? I mean, I don't, I, don't, I don't get it. Like, If you propose a jobs bill that was absolutely 100% for, Amer- for North Carolina citizens, how does that n- not go into play? Like, how does people shoot that down? What were they saying that just didn't make sense in your bill, that they claimed didn't make sense in your bill?
4: Well, they couldn't point to anything in that bill that didn't make sense. The, what the the problem was is that I had the audacity to introduce Tenth Amendment bills,
6: such oh. as the North
4: Carolina Firearms Freedom Act and the far, and the Farmers Freedom Protection Act and the Interstate Commerce Act, which would have reasserted the, Nor- the United States Constitution in North Carolina. And there are a few people up there who really think that it's uh, absolutely wrong to stand up against Washington, D.C. in any way, shape, or form. The problem with that is that's how our government, our American form of government, was created, that when Washington, D.C. starts running away, the states have to stand up and say stop. And that's the one thing that North Carolina has not done. We are just about the last state in the union to do it, so I think it's time to do it.
1: Wow. Is, is there is there like a, a – I don't know. Is there a, a, a something that the federal government could do if you – chose to stand against what the federal government wants you to do on a state level? Is is there some way of the federal government getting back at you?
4: Uh, about the most they can do is complain. Uh, because we we've had, we've seen this in Virginia already with the uh vote to oppose the use of drones. Uh Virginia also nullified the NDAA last session So, I mean, if there was something that the federal government could do, they would have done it by now. Like I said, every state – almost every state in the union has done this except for North Carolina. Even California, for goodness sake, has just produced a nullification bill for NDA, and Illinois has just produced a nullification bill. So we really are on track to be the last state to stand up for the Constitution, and that's very um, disturbing to me.
1: Well, What's the problem, though? I I don't get it if if – you know, if people are in support of it, if the citizens are in support of it, why can't we get it together in North Carolina? What's the pro- is it the leadership in North Carolina? Yes, <laughs> we'll, we'll uh, leave it I I,
4: Yeah, <laughs>
5: <laughs> we'll
1: we'll leave it at that right now. I got I got a few things I need to talk about with that later, but we'll we'll leave it at that right now with the leadership. So I hope they're listening right now. You listen to the KRP Radio Show with Glenn Bradley on the show right now. Uh, we're talking about national security, North Carolina politics. You know, we just kind of covering the scope of things, man, and, and Glenn, I, you, as we talk about North Carolina and, and you know, we just went, got past this election season and things are kind of coming down a little bit, but one issue seems to still be on the plate, and, and it's an issue that strikes near and dear to me, which is voter ID, and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, what's the talk, you know, without going in, into any private things that you can't clearly talk about, but you know, what's the talk in the state house about voter ID? Are they, you know, are they really listening to the citizens or, or are people acting on their own impulse when it comes to voter ID?
4: Well, that's uh um that's actually a good question and it's hard to say. I do know that uh Last session, there was a lot of talk about bringing up voter ID and uh, you know uh, making it such that it didn't have to have a photo and doing all this other stuff. Uh, and part of that was because of the composition of the House not being a supermajority and a Democratic governor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, over the course of the last three to four years, the folks who are responsible for this have gotten a good indication by now of where the people stand uh and i what i don't understand is you know when you have something that is is pretty well supported and voter id is pretty well supported uh but is controversial uh, and you have the the ability in your chambers to just go ahead and pass it be done with it and and move on to other issues you know the by dragging it out they're shooting themselves in the foot they're they're making themselves terribly unpopular you know it voter id has been implemented in a bunch of states it hasn't disenfranchised folks you know what just bring it up pass it sign it be done with it and get it out of the news cycle for goodness sake and th- this this is one of the ways in which you know here on the right sometimes we can hurt ourselves
1: sure sure and and it's happened time after time after time again because it seems like folks don't stick to the facts like you you have a right. certain degree of people that that's so passionate and 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 that's understood by the way, I just want to, you know, put that out there. It is understood why folks would be passionate about this issue when, but only when it's being uh, lied about and, and you know, people yeah. are fabricating the story on the back end. So I can understand why folks are passionate when they don't have the facts, but when the facts are out there and the facts are true and, and it's obvious, you know, <laughs> that we need that we should require an ID, a photo ID or some sort of DMV equivalent proof that you are who you say you are, I just don't, I, I don't understand. You know, wh- why is that so hard to get? Like, why is that so hard for people to, to gather? How is that equal to the civil rights of, of like the NAACP said, and how is that equivalent to the, uh, uh, what did, what do they call it? Equivalent to the Civil Rights Act or, or something like that in the, of the '60s? So I, I don't know, man. I just, I just don't see how it's not logical not to require some sort of ID to vote. I don't get it.
4: And I'll tell you that I used to be on the other side of that. Uh, before I got involved in politics, you know, I didn't think it was a good idea. And then once I went through a couple of election cycles and I actually saw firsthand the kind of things that were going on, you can't even know if there's fraud uh, because we don't have the requirements to let us know if there is fraud. So, you know, this, this is just a measure that I think that that we need to take. To, and if it turns out that there was never any fraud to begin with, great. But yeah. uh, we have no way of knowing right now.
1: Well, you know, there's been a lot of fraud. Across the country, um, mm-hmm. you know, for whatever reason, there's been a lot of fraud in, in a bunch of different places, and uh, you know, I, I can't say that we haven't had fraud in North Carolina. I don't know. I haven't worked the polls, but you know, I remember Anita Moncrief was the whistleblower. And shout out to Anita Moncrief, by the way, was the whistle whistleblower with uh, all the things that were going on with Fannie Mae, and uh, you know, that caused quite a stir in America. You know, it, it really, to me, it really brought the issue to the forefront, but what about previously, Glenn? I mean, this is not. Some folks attributed the voter ID to Obama and, and you know, the right not wanting poor blacks to vote because it's for Obama or, or, what may have you. But, you know, what about the issue when it came up in the past? If, if you recall, what was the problem at that point? Why, why, why wasn't it voted into uh, a bill back then, into law back then? Excuse me.
4: Well, um, that's also a very good point. The reason that it was uh, never had uh, the ability to go anywhere in the past is because we were under severe Democrat control, and uh, you know this is this is one of the issues that that is partisan. The Democrats really don't like it, um, and that's one of our problems because neither party uh, tends to to want to think this through. They've just decided what their position is, and that's what they're going to push. Republicans a lot of times support it, and they don't know why. Democrats a lot of times uh, oppose it, and they don't know why. And that's one of the issues that we have in America. But because of the fact that this has always been basically a Republican issue, mm-hmm. and Republicans didn't have any ability to get anything done in North Carolina until 2011, and that was the first time it became a big issue. And, and it, you know, it really didn't have anything to do with uh, President Obama. And you know, one of the issues I wish that we had a deeper grasp of is is timing. Uh, you know, because some of our own folks have have been uh, pretty big hypocrites in, in past by um, bringing up issues at the wrong time. Uh, you yeah. know, if why why are you suddenly going to you know care about something when the other guy does it? Uh, when when your guy did it, it was okay. No, we right. can't do that.
5: Right.
1: And and see, and and shout out to you, because that's a question I was going to ask you. Shout out to you for being a constitutionalist, because that is the difference, though, Glenn. Um, A lot of people are uh, rhinos, if you want to call it. A lot of people are dedicated only to the party or only to themselves and what they can get out of the situation. But there are very few people that stand on the papers of the Constitution and say, you know what? This issue is just right in general, no matter what side you stand on, and here's why, according to the layout of the Constitution, and we don't have that a lot. And, and I think that, you know, we should we should, that's those are the folks we should vote for. You know, those are the folks that should be running for office. People are people that are constitutional. And shout out to Greg Brandon. Matter of fact, Doctor Greg <laughs> Brandon, who just threw his hat in the ring. You know, shout out to him, and I, I think he's running for uh, North um, U.S. Senate, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. So Shout out to him for that, and maybe we'll get him on the show and ask him why he's a constitutionalist. But, but, Glenn, that's your—that's my question to you. Why are you a constitutionalist, and why is that important in 2013?
4: Well, you know, I really think that uh, one of my civics professors back when I was in seventh or eighth grade uh, probably helped me uh, to understand that a lot. Uh, Because it's been since I was a a small child that I I didn't recognize American government as being constitutional. Mm -hmm. So uh, from that point on, I I would recognize a lot of the stuff that was going on and, and really oppose it. Um, but I ended up joining the Marine Corps specifically because I wanted to swear an oath to the Constitution because I felt that that was the one thing that could save America. Now, one of the things I wanted you, – you, what, you, what you just said reminded me of. I remember from the intro you were talking about uh, why do people think it's a bad thing to be a conservative. I yeah. actually have an answer for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you look at folks who claim the title conservative, that – uh, oppose welfare but are going to turn around and give $1.6 billion to Egypt for no reason you yeah. know, they're obviously hypocrites but that's yeah. what people see they see Lindsey Graham they see John McCain and they think that that's conservatism well you know if that's what you think conservatism is then I wouldn't want any part of it either yeah.
1: you know yeah. so that's, I, I and that's why I always say it should be self-defined that, that, that's why I always you know make that, that, that strong um, um, statement that you know conservatism is self-defined but excuse me go ahead I'm sorry sorry about that
4: Oh no, not, not at all. And uh, yeah, I'm a constitutional conservative. Uh, I see that America is in a lot more trouble than people realize. Um, I, I, I suspect we're going to have a pretty big dollar crisis by the end of 2014 because of what the Federal Reserve is doing right now. And, and with all these emergencies coming out, with, with all this, this trouble coming out, I, I recognize that the only way to get America back to prosperity and the kind of prosperity that everyone does better is to get back to constitutional government. I mean we're talking about a, a budget deficits and a debt in Washington DC if we obeyed the constitution Washington DC couldn't do 80% of what they're doing. Uh public education we we look at the Department of Education in Washington DC and what is it giving us every child left behind. You know we we got to get away from giving all this money to these people to be bribed back with our own money to damage our own performance. We, we, ever since we went to the federal Department of Education, we went from number one in the world, number one in the world, and now we're 19th and falling. And it, the more we, de- the more we centralize education up to Washington D.C., the more that happens. We need to bring that back to the states. And how much money are is our taxpayers tax money going to to the Department of Education, and all they ever do is make things worse. You know, and look at the FDA. Here's something that a lot of Democrats uh, uh, will will listen to when when talking about the FDA. The FDA just the other day came out with a ruling that said uh, individual producers are not allowed to label their pro- their salmon GMO free. What? And then the very next day, they yeah. And then they said it's too confusing for the consumer, so we're not going to let you label your salmon GMO free. And then the next day, they approve GMO salmon for public consumption. So what happens is, is these federal agencies are interfering with the free market in a way that gives the left ammunition to get more government. And what we need to do is abolish the FDA altogether, what? so that someone who wants to avoid GMO salmon can do so.
1: That's absolutely crazy. I got oh, no words for it. It's just crazy. It's nonsense. <laughs> I mean, how? We got to go to commercial, man. We, I'm, I'm one minute past my commercial break. We are got to go to commercial, Glenn. We're going to come back and get into some more of this stuff, man. There's a lot of things going on. I got my man Glenn Bradley on the show. USMC, salute to you, Glenn. We thank you for your service, sir. Really appreciate you. Also, shout out to all my other Marines out there, man. All my, all my, every single one of my soldiers out there. I definitely give you guys a shout-out and much love to you guys. I appreciate what you do. You guys know, if you log on to com. if you log on to that website, you'll see how much we salute you guys and how much we appreciate you guys. I mean, it's it's camouflage, man, you know? Camouflage. Shout out to everybody out there listening to the show, man. 619 638 8559. Hit number one if you got a comment. We'll try our best to get you in. But my man Glenn and I, we have a lot to cover. Glenn Bradley's on the show, folks. We'll be right back after these couple of messages. Stick with us.
2: Switching to GEICO really save you 15% or more on car insurance. Did the little piggy cry, wee, 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 all the way home? Wee! Wee, wee, wee!
3: Wee! 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 Wee!
2: Yeah? You're home. Oh,
0: cool. Thanks, Mrs. A. GEICO.
2: 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.
7: Sheree is an online indie department store, born with the ideology, community, and self. We believe that a garment or accessory created by an independent designer can do more for our community on a deeper level. The ability to wear someone's imagination is a beautiful event. Purchasing independent means wearing something unique while supporting those around you. The designers you support could very well be your neighbors, friends, and family. Embrace your indie state of mind. Shop indie. www.decheri.com. Stay Cherie.
6: You don't call yourself a superstar, that's for other people to say. And you don't come out the south side without a few people having your back. Chicago is my home, my love. It's our time. This is a story about my family, my team, my roots. This is a story of D-Rose. And this is only the beginning. I'm all in.
7: See, this is what's good about First Amendment, where you got a right to laugh. You
1: got a right to have your own feelings and opinions. I'm a Republican that supported, voted for, campaigned, raised money, do everything, and still gonna help and support President Obama because he's the best man for the job. Because Barack was so powerful
0: that he can win a Nobel Peace Prize based on what he
1: gonna do. Not what he did. Shout out to Cheryl Underwood, man. One of my Twitter followers out there. Comedian extraordinaire. Legend in comedy. Cheryl Underwood, man, who's a great person by the way. So shout out to her. That was beautiful. I like how she put that. Not for what he's gonna for what he's gonna do and not for what he did. But anyway well, welcome back to the show, everybody, to the KRP radio show. Six one nine six three eight eight five five nine. You can catch us on Twitter at Symbol K I R P Radio Show. At Symbol N C Pudgy is mine. Uh again, don't be surprised on what you might read on there because I might push the envelope sometimes. But just remember it's all respect, all in funny games and all in truth. But uh back to my man Glenn Bradley on the show, folks. And uh Glenn, um, let me let me ask you this, man, what's your favorite song? Uh, my favorite
4: song. Um, actually, is one that no one's ever heard of. It's called "Sons of Liberty" by Jim Lampos. Uh, it's uh, uh, one of the lines that really strikes me. It says, "When the bonfires burn on election night, we will break this curse." And and that's really something that has kept me
1: going. Man, I like that. How would you? How in the hell were you prepared for that? I tried to say something that like. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> shout out to you man that, that was that was excellent man see that's what we need right there somebody that's always prepared because most of the time when i ask people something like that they're like oh man i wasn't ready for that pudgy i don't know and they're definitely not quoting any lyrics but shout out to you for that <laughs> only only you and my man kevin daniels and 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 my brother buck you guys quote lyrics like none other man so shout out to you for that. that that was great but um we don't have that song, so obviously I can't play that for you. <laughs> it's all right though; it's cool. We'll, we'll work on it. Well, maybe you can send me that record, and I, I'll love to play that on this on this show. That'll, that might help, Jim Lampos. Matter of fact.
4: Yeah, well, it's um, it's probably a little bit outside of uh, uh, what you're used to listening to. It, it's more of a folk. I, I tend to listen to every kind of music there is. Yeah. And what what I've done is I've actually built a library of MP3s. Uh-huh. that every single song has the subject of liberty in it. And, and there's hundreds and hundreds that's from cool. every style on the planet. And, and that's that's what I listen to all the time.
1: Glenn, let me tell you what my job was in the entertainment industry. I started out as a, as a two-bit rapper, okay? I got a recording contract. I ended up working for a, a porn company's rock label as the head mm. of hip, A&R of hip-hop after promoting rock concerts. So trust mm. me. I listen to everything. <laughs> I have listened to everything, even stuff that I didn't want to listen to. Trust me. So I send me that. that record, man. I would love to listen to that record. Send me that record, and we'll try to do something, maybe get that uh, an excerpt played of that off the show. But anyway, moving along, man. Uh, if you guys are just logging on to the show, um, Glenn and I, we were talking about a whole range of things in politics, and mainly, uh, what I'm mainly trying to do was go down the list of things that happened in North Carolina because Glenn was right there in the middle of the fire, oftentimes fighting alone, and I just wanted to shine some light into that and, and let people know exactly who we're dealing with because I don't, I don't, Glenn, I have no idea if you're done with politics. Me myself, you absolutely have my support, one thousand percent. And I hope that you continue your efforts, man. And and we need more people such as yourself that, you know, will stand up for the people alone and not do what the status quo has always done. So, you know, I really appreciate that. And I'm just letting you know here right before all almost 9 million listeners out there that you have my support. So I really appreciate that.
4: Well, thank you very much for that. Uh, And I'll tell you, I'm definitely not going away. The country's still in peril and we still need to save America. Uh, one of the latest things I did, of course, was I was the primary mover on the draft, Greg Brandon, for U.S. Senate uh, uh, issues, right. so one of the reasons he's running today is because uh, you know, I, I pushed him into it. Really? Um, oh, yes, Absolutely. And one of the uh, other things I really wanted to talk about is that we've seen the kind of leadership that inspires Republicans today, and that was the the filibuster last week with Rand Paul. Yeah. That's what we've been missing amongst the Republican Party for so long. Too often Republicans like to go along, to get along in the hopes that maybe one day we'll be allowed to sit at the <clears throat> dinner table and, and have a voice. That's really the wrong way to do it. That doesn't inspire Republicans. That doesn't get anything done, Uh, and and we need to start inspiring Republicans again, and that's one of the reasons why I've thrown my hat in the ring to run for vice chairman of the North Carolina Republican Party so we can bring the Republican Party back to the place where we inspire people. We haven't had an inspirational Republican since uh, Ronald Reagan for goodness sake man and it's time to get back to the kind of republican politics that inspire people to get motivated get uh get off the couch and go to the voting booth and you know rand paul gave president obama the first defeat of his presidency last week mm-hmm. literally we have the path to victory republican victory we have to stand up and we have to claim it and that's really what i'm working on doing is to, you know, reinvigorate the Republican grassroots with the understanding that we do have policies that inspire people.
1: Beautiful. Well, well you know, let's get into that, because I, I was going to ask that question here is definitely on my list. Uh, North Carolina GOP vice chair, you know, what can you do from being the vice chair of the North Carolina Republican Party to help people across all party lines of North Carolina or or excuse me, to help the North Carolina citizens, period?
4: Well, that's um, actually more than more than it, it's probably obvious on the face of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the composition of the Republican Party is made up of the people who compose the Republican Party. By expanding our outreach and expanding our base into the younger demographics, like the eighteen to thirty-year-olds, and uh, and showing uh, like uh, showing minority folks why the Republican Party has a message for them. Uh, the, then you start to change the character of the party and, and when you do that Then the party starts standing up for for what's real and, and not for what we have been And I think that's one of the biggest and most important things we can do Is change the composition of the party To folks who are not going to just sit there And, and watch while Republicans go along to get along But that demand real action To uh, implement the policies that we all agree on
1: Wow, that, that's, that's pretty good um, well, let me let me ask you ask you, ask you this. You know, there I, I think the Republican brand has been damaged tremendously. Okay, for yeah. whatever reason, uh, if if it's if it's not PR nightmares, it's people putting their foot in their mouth. Okay, yeah, and and it seems oftentimes that Republicans are traditionally fighting with their backs against the wall, and and to me that means at the last minute, yeah, they only come out fighting when they have no choice, and. From where I sit now, I'm neutral. I'm an independent, but I definitely lean more right than left ever. Okay, I don't. As a matter of fact, I don't think I ever lean left. <laughs> but <laughs> you know, it, it, I either stay middle of the ground or I'm leaning to the right because that's what makes sense to me on, on most all issues. But when people are wrong, they're just wrong. But let, let me ask you this: Do you feel like the brand of of being a Republican is so tarnished that the youth Don't want much to do with it today?
4: Well, absolutely. There's no question about that, and there's a lot of reasons for that. Just like you said, I think one of the biggest reasons that that we have that that's happened is we let the left frame the debate. And see, that's more important than most folks realize. When you let the opponent frame the debate, you're always going to look horrible no matter how good of an answer you have. Which is why, on the right, we need to learn to frame the debate so that we don't get into that uh, situation anymore. One of the reasons why the media ruthlessly destroys us at every turn is because we've let them frame the debate. Fiscal conservatives don't want to have an efficient military. Fiscal conservatives want to starve the poor. This is what we're getting from the media. This is what we're getting from the left. You know, anyone who has a brain should think that that's ridiculous. That's not what we want to do. But right. that's the narrative that's being pushed. We let them frame the debate so whenever we actually get into the fight, our backs are against the wall because we're we're already, you know, 50, uh, 48 yards into, into our own territory.
1: Mm-hmm. Wow. And, and, and is there any way that, I mean, I, I know this is very preliminary. I, I get that. But, you know, what are some ways that you think that, why do you think you're the right person to help change that, Glenn?
0: Well,
4: uh and, and I'm not trying to be very egotistical, but uh, I'm pretty good at articulating uh what a conservative policy is, particularly mm-hmm. in such a way that that folks understand it, you know. Uh when I talk about fiscal reform, I don't get accused of wanting to starve the poor because I bring in a solution on how the poor can eat. Mm-hmm. Uh, because of the fact that I've taken that to heart and I've learned to frame the debate in a way that, that you know we can actually put out our, our policies, uh, it's had a lot more growth and outreach than what has happened in the past when people try to talk about Republican policy. And as a direct result, when I was in the General Assembly, I got more bipartisan support from Democrats than any other Republican in the chamber, wow. and the one bill they allowed me to hear uh, on the floor passed unanimously. And it's because of that kind of outrage. See, Democrats and liberals often have the same policies that conservatives have, but we fail to articulate them. Uh, One of the good examples that I use to describe how that works, uh, Republicans like to talk about states' rights. Well, the guy on the left hears that, and they think Jim, Jim Crow, segregation, blah, blah. Well, that's absolutely not what the guy on the right is saying. At the same time, the guy on the left will say community empowerment, and the Republican will think, "Oh, they, you know, communism," and that's not true. The right. two people are saying <laughs> the exact same thing in a different language.
1: Mm, beautiful. I, you, you need to get the clip from this show and play that because a lot of people need <laughs> to hear just that. I, I'm serious. A, a lot of people need to hear just that statement. And you know, frankly, Glenn, I think a large part of the problem is uh, outreach. And and when I say outreach, I don't – and it bothers me because people always say, you know, when you deal with politicians, you know, politicians deal in, in numbers in, in large part. They're always talking about numbers and, you know, uh, excuse me, uh, what the polls think and, you know, what voters are going to think and what voters are going to do. But I think if you put the information out there to areas that you don't commonly put it – you know, to places that you right. don't commonly go – I think people will be more receptive. So if you show your face, people will be more comfortable with voting for you. And and you know that's my stand on it. And and that's my uh, contribution, I get if you will, to uh, what I offer the GOP when I, when I go to the meetings and when I talk to these people. You know, I'm just commonly saying that. You know, Glenn, here's the thing. One of the big reasons that most Black people voted for Barack Obama, outside of the the color of his skin. Was that they were comfortable with people that look like them, that talk like them, that sound like them? If not, this guy wouldn't have been taught. He he wouldn't have courted the rappers. Okay, he wouldn't have courted the the most popular commercials or the most popular entertainers and the most popular celebrities. So people were comfortable with those type of folks. So he went to those folks, and and whether he meant it or not, he started acting like them. He tried to talk like them. He went where they went. He did what they did. And that's why a lot of people voted for him, because they felt like, hey, he's cool. He thinks like me. He eats like me. He watches what I watch. Bill Clinton did it. He didn't. It. it just works. Mm-hmm. And and what happens is we vote for these people based off those wrong premises, those false premises, and then we end up with where we are now. You know, a oh, leader that absolutely. just doesn't listen to the people. So I, I think there's room. For people like a Glenn Bradley in, in the GOP, and and I hope that I can help you in some major way, Glenn, and I don't even, I don't even mean in a small way. I hope that I can be instrumental in helping people because, you know, there's a lot of North Carolinians out there that would love to vote for someone differently than they've been voting for in the past. So if you're the man to do that, definitely reach out, man, and and don't be afraid to speak your mind because what you offer is definitely something special, and and I think people can see that. When you start talking about Constitution, you're talking about the ability to say what I want to say without any recourse, you know, without anybody ostracizing me or or saying that I'm wrong for that, whether it's disrespectful or not, because that's a different conversation. If it's disrespectful, Mm -hmm. we need to talk about morals, okay, but— you know, and, and there's a lot of different things going on here in North Carolina, so, you know, I definitely wish you the best for that. I love all your answers in that, and and just one last thing on, on the vice chair, man, and, and I don't know how you feel about this, but, you know, when it comes to actually going through the process of, of running for vice chair, it seems like you have to get a seal of approval from the powers that be again, so, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just asking you. I mean, you've done some great things in the house, and some that folks like, and some that folks didn't like. So, how hard is it? How hard do you think it's going to be for you to get the seal of approval from folks who've already been involved with the process that might feel some kind of way about you?
4: Well, you're you're absolutely right that uh, in times past that's been the case, and that's mostly because of the composition of the conventions. But you know, we have a lot of new faces coming to the conventions and the reality is is if you have the numbers you have the vote it doesn't matter who approves of you or not and in one of the things that i've been able to do successfully in north carolina which is very unusual the only other person i know who's done it is rand paul mm-hmm. is to actually uh, build a coalition between the tea parties and the liberty people and when you put those two together and as many of them are coming to the conventions this time around uh, there's there's almost no stopping it. If you have the numbers, if you have the people, you have the votes. And and but in addition to that, I, I've also been able to artic- articulate an argument amongst the establishment that they can't refute. And what that is is look at look around. Look at all the uh, the the gray hair that comes to every single meeting you go to. Your average Republican is around 65, 70 years old right now. If we don't start bringing in the 18- to 30-year-olds, then the Republican Party is going to be dead, and our children are going to have nothing but a Democratic Party to contend with, and that's it so they know that in order to bring in the kids you have to go back to the constitutional platform because look at what Ron Paul did with the with the youth vote look yeah. at what Rand Paul's doing with the youth vote this is how you get young kids involved and this is how you expand the republican base into minorities and they're starting to realize that so the resistance is, is kind of dying away
1: wow there you have it folks I, I don't i couldn't put it any other way man glenn added it he he put it real clear for you so if you don't understand it play it back you can listen to the replay on krpradioshow.com dot com or either on blogtalkradio.com dot com backslash krp radio show. Glenn, I, I got to ask you about in this in this last segment here. I want to ask you about the the the, uh, the Rand Paul and the stand with Rand and NDAA and and a couple more things um, that I feel like is very concerning in, in national security in this uh, in this nation. So if you got the time, we got to go to commercial and we'll come right back and get on that. You good with that? Absolutely. All right, folks, we'll be right back after these messages. You listen to the KRP radio show with Glenn Bradley, former representative of the House in here in North Carolina. We'll be right back after these messages. I want you guys to check this out. It's called Liberalville. If you don't know what Liberalville is, I'm gonna Sonny Johnson is gonna take you to a place and uh she'll tell you guys exactly what Liberalville is. So you know, you might enjoy this, you might not. A lot of liberal people say that Sonny's crazy, but that's my sister, man. So shout out to Sonny and uh, shout out to Kevin Daniels and shout out to you, man. Thanks for listening to the KLP radio show. Here is Liberalville. Check this out.
6: Call yourself a superstar. That's for other people to say. And you don't come out the south side without a few people having your back. Chicago is my home, my love. It's our time. This is a story about my family, my team, my roots. This is a story of D-Rose. And this is only the beginning.
7: It is my mission to create brand stories for you that push the envelope, force people to stop, think, and take notice. Ride with you on your journey to success by creating great design that makes you look like the originator and not an imitator get you out of your comfort zone, inspire you to take action, be risky, and always stay true to your passion.
1: Tiffany Inc. is located in Los Angeles, California. Tiffany Inc. specializes in designs, creative brands for the entertainment, fashion, beauty, and food industry. Some past and present clients include Jewel Osco, j k Fresh LLC, celebrity chef Nikki Shaw, teen and family producer Doreen Spencer, the National Association of Veterans, the Alzheimer's Association, and a host of fantastic others. To contact Tiffany Inc., all you have to do is log on to www.tiffanywithaneyeinc.com
0: com It's the same way he did when he was in high school. After school, he practiced. Then he went to the gym. This is what he wants. This is the life he chose. And if you want it, you have to work hard to keep it and keep on going with it. So I believe he will come back. And when he do, I'ma be at the Bull Center cheering for my baby. <laughs>
1: Saying it's crazy, like I'm gonna tell y'all little something about my homie, right? it's this shit sunny man. I don't know how y'all gonna say that man. I mean, did she say that? That's what she probably gonna say. to me be like, yo, did she
0: say that A trip through Liberalville. Come with me on a trip through Liberalville. call it what you may. The ghetto, the hood, the block, the trap is nothing more than the outcome of liberal policy. If the Negro in the ghetto must eternally be fed by the hand that pushes him into the ghetto, he'll never have the strength to get out of the ghetto. That's Carter Woodson and it's the premise for this article. Now, when most people think about Liberalville called by one of the aforementioned nicknames, they think drugs, crime, trash, and desperation. Low-grade public housing, limited job opportunities, and no chance at a quality education. They just forget to look at the equation. People plus liberal politics equals total degeneration. You need a better tour guide. What's really there, the liberals hide. People of all faiths, colors, and creed, all with a basic need to belong. See, it's the same song from 8 Tracks, the Wax CD, to iPod. Living in Liverpoolville is hard. Or is it? Let me tell you what I see when you remove the democratic elite. I see the poet. Feelings into verbs, action into words. The revolution has occurred in modern-day storytelling. His wit is hard to defeat, his desire makes it hard to compete, but his skill stays on mixtapes and side streets because we find value in the industry. I see the artist, a vision in his head, bigger than any paper or pad, graffiti formed on walls, and it's sad. We find no value in the art that he shares, so it stays in Liberalville halls instead of on museum walls His property values continue to fall. I see the pastor. Broken and remade, no longer weighed down by past mistakes, saved and enraged, those around him continue to fade from God's glory to government shade in an attempt to be made into what our Savior already promised. I see the banker. He never stepped foot out of Liberalville. Still, the boy can convert euros to yen and back to dollars again, accounting for inflation and taxation. Trapped in a situation where he doesn't understand the value of his instant computation. I see the politician. On a mission to stand in opposition to anyone who would change the rules halfway through the game. He can rev up the folks folks and gather the vote, but it's a shame. He has no power or desire until shots are fired and the people need someone to blame. I see the lawyer. Not court, but street appointed masters of defense. Not bar, but street associates of common sense. In a pinch, he can play name that crime. He can list the charges, guess the verdict, and predict prison time. Dirty hands and deeds protected by a brilliant mind. I see the social worker. Two kids of her own, two of her brothers, never doing for self, always for others. I shudder to feel such a backbreaking weight. Low funds, short supply, and empty plates. And a support system that says, wait, fall a little further. Then we'll save the day. I see the psychiatrist. Oh, she may be whacked out, she may seem, but for free she'll break down your dreams whether you asked her to or not. She spots those who pass with a swift kick in the ass and says, hold up, not so fast. Your mom did it and so did I. The answer to your problem is not getting high, it's doing more than just getting by. I see a promise. I see a possibility. A promise and a possibility with a capital P and potentially the only salvation for our community.
1: K-I-R-P Radio! <laughs>
5: Welcome back,
1: folks. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back to the KIRP radio show, baby. The number one black conservative talk radio show, southeastern United States, man. And we definitely do it different. We try to bring, we don't try, we just do it. We bring cool to conservatism. We don't care if you don't like it. We didn't ask you. Giving a shout out to the Durham Tea Party, man. Shout out to you guys. They believe in fiscal responsibility, constitutionally limited government, and free markets. Check them out on www.durhamteaparty.org. That's durhamteaparty.org. Check them out, folks. You can learn a little bit more about those folks out there. Also got to give a shout-out to author William McRae, the author of The Miracle in You. The Miracle in You was written by my man, William McRae. If you need to contact him or look him up for uh, maybe booking or information, 336-226-0487. The man is awesome. He's an awesome author, owner of a barbershop right here in uh north carolina graham north carolina if i'm not mistaken so shout out to him also got to give one more shout out to leslie's barbershop a historically monument in the community in atlanta georgia i mean this place is awesome 445 Edgewood avenue southeast atlanta georgia 4042236617. 6617 giving a special shout out to leslie which is the owner uh, Mr. Leslie, shout out to you, man. You, you're you're a great you're you're a great man indeed. Uh, Mr. Leslie can tell you stories about Dr. King and anybody else out there that you want to know about who's ever lived in Atlanta, whether it's true or not. He's got a story about it. Also, got to give a shout out to Eric and a shout out to Sam. You guys are BIG in my book. Thanks for listening to the KRP Radio Show. We are live on the air with none other than Glenn Bradley, USMC, constitutional scholar. This man is awesome. And now we know that he's running for the vice chair in the GOP, the North Carolina GOP. And Glenn has told me himself out of his own mouth, and I've got to record it, Glenn, in case you try to forget. I'm going to come and play it for you. Glenn says he's going to change the dynamic of the North Carolina Republican Party with your help in North Carolina. So, Glenn, I salute you, my brother, and I really appreciate what you're trying to do, what you're doing, what you have done. And it's on record. That's the that's the most beautiful thing about what you have done. It is on record. So for people who don't believe it, they can look it up and see that you've been standing for North Carolina and North Carolina citizens first. Not just politicians, but you've been not for the party. You've been standing for all citizens. And, and like I said before, I salute you for that. Definitely appreciate you doing that.
4: Oh, I do appreciate that
3: a lot.
1: So on record, man. It, I mean, you got it. You could you could actually get a T shirt with all the bills that you've drafted and and wear it. <laughs> that that's a, that would be a nice T shirt. Maybe maybe you can work that out as a gift for you. You can put it in your office or something. That would be cool. <laughs> anyway, I'm a different guy, Glenn. I don't know, man. but
4: uh. <laughs> oh, no, it's all good. And 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 you're absolutely right. I mean, one of the issues that that we have to face going forward. Is when we talk about these drone strikes and the authority for military to to strike against American citizens in the United States, you know when we talk about this policy only coming from the left, we lose credibility because we have to remember, you know, President Bush in in 2006 in the Military Commission Act, that was the first uh, uh, real erosion of Posse Comitatus. So, you know, if we don't recognize that or if we try to gloss over it, we lose all, our, all of our credibility. So if, if you don't stand for truth, regardless of what party it comes from, as far as I'm concerned, you have no credibility.
1: Exactly. See, there it is. You got. He said he's been standing for truth. He just told you guys what the secret was, man. So if you don't know what the secret is, there it is. Glenn Bradley just gave it to you, and he said he's going to stand on truth no matter what. So help him God. Is that right, Glenn? So help you God? That's right. All right. That's there it exactly is. right. And he will even see I'm in your mind, now, Glenn. I'm speaking for you. He'll (laughs) even put his hand on the Bible, folks. Yeah,
4: that's right. Done it before. (laughs) Do it again.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Glenn, let let me ask you, man. I'm gonna play devil's advocate a little bit, and because I'm only doing this because I know you don't need my help. Okay, I'm up to speed (laughs) for the most part, but I want to make sure all my listeners are up to speed. And here's what's been going on out here. When NDAA dropped, okay. There are a lot of people on the left, and I'm not trying to go left and right, but people know how it is. I've got some friends mm-hmm. on the left, and they said, NDAA, man, they're reaching. Them Republicans are reaching. This NDAA bill ain't going to do nothing to nobody. They're not going to lock up Americans. They ain't going to send no soldiers to the street, and nobody's going to do this, and nobody's going to do that. How serious is ND, the NDAA bill to you? I, and I forgot, is it 1287, 1237? Can't forget what is. Can't remember what it is, but how important is that?
4: it is absolutely critical uh you know they said the same things about the, the shoe was on the other foot they said the same things about the patriot act uh you know in uh, 2004 yeah. and the patriot act has been horribly abused there's been far more uh, incidents of it being abused to spy on completely innocent people looking for crimes than there is that it's been used in the context of terrorism so one of the things that I've been able to reach out to Republicans and particularly Tea Party Republicans who used to support the Patriot Act because it was a Republican policy, is you can't give your guy power that you don't trust the next guy with. Okay, say you know the president. L- l- let's put the shoe on the other foot. Say I- I'm a hardcore Democrat that I am. supported. That's who I am. Demi- yeah. Right. Let, That's me know, right now. And, and, <laughs> and we say hey look we we give this power for indefinite detention to the president we trust him he's not going to abuse it do you know who the next guy is is going to be president do you trust him or her you know what 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 if you know if we're speaking as democrats uh who d- michelle bachman scares the heck out of democrats what if michelle bachman is president next do you trust her with that power wow You know, we we have to start thinking on those terms. We can't give our guy a power that we're not going to trust the next guy with, because if we do, all we're doing is shooting ourselves in the foot and making ourselves lack all credibility.
5: That's
1: Okay, i got to jump off my devil's advocate side. (laughs) I'm not a a Democrat anymore, but let let me – why in the hell has not anybody in the federal government hired you to make that one simple statement to blanket all, uh, I've never Im- I, l- listen, man. I've, I've heard a lot of things about NDAA, and I've spent countless hours myself trying to tell people why it was important that we don't have an NDAA. Okay, but <laughs> Glenn, that was so simple, man. I I I'm 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 at a loss for words here. So you got me stuttering more than I normally stutter. It's like, have you ever heard anybody put that the way you just put it? I don't even know if you realize what you said. I'm pretty sure you do, but. Sometimes you know things of the heart just come out, and and then we speak and then we mean well and we say what we mean, but we don't realize that we said these great things at times. So, have you heard anybody else on the federal level put it that way? That it's very uh, simple that you you do you trust the next guy? That's the, that's the question, right?
4: Yeah, that's right. And I really haven't heard uh, much of that from the federal level. Uh, you know, understand that I've been trying to figure out how to articulate these issues since sure. two thousand and seven. And one of the reasons why I spent so much time figuring it out is because you know I love the man to death, but but Ron Paul had an articulation problem. Uh, most of the, you know most of the reason people didn't understand him was because he didn't speak clearly or he didn't articulate things in a way that folks understand. So you know that I consider that one of the primary issues that we have to address if we're going to put the, this constitutional policy forward. So I've spent a lot of time thinking about how to articulate things so people understand.
1: Well, I, I thought that was absolutely excellent. And and the amazing part about it, it was a question with the question, because oftentimes, and, and shout out to Sonny Johnson, because I definitely got this part from her, you know, when I'm interviewed at, at different places like CPAC last year, we did countless interviews, and you know, there, mm-hmm. there, were the, there were the henchmen in there. I call them the henchmen because, you know, they were snooping around, and you know, when they saw a blackface, they like, oh, we got to put a mic up here and see, why are you a Democrat? Why are you a Republican? And why I mean, why are you a conservative? And what are you doing at this conference? And blah, 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 blah. I'm like, what are you doing at this conference? You know, so we we were asking questions with questions, and, and and that's what you did, and and I think that was really amazing. And the the greatest part of it is that it was true. You know, if you don't trust this per, if you want to give this power to this person, do you trust who's coming behind them? You know, so yeah. why should they deserve the power to lock up American citizens? You know, why why should they del- deserve the power to send tanks in the streets and and detain cities? You know, to detain people in cities. So. I don't know. I I don't think it's reaching, but you know, I hear a lot of you hear a lot of people out there saying that it's reaching, and you know, people are going too far, and your imagination is wild. I've even heard some Republicans speaking on the stand with Rand, the filibuster that we just uh, went through last week, that that uh, Rand Paul just actually uh, did last week. You know, a lot of people saying that he was reaching. There were Republicans out there saying that you know he was going too far, and these drone attacks are untrue. How serious are How serious is the premise that a drone could attack an American citizen now? Uh,
4: Right now I don't think it's very serious, Um, but we don't know what the future may bring in 5, 10, 15 years. And one of the issues that that we have to focus on, and what, what I really appreciate what Rand Paul did, was he talked about the constitutional balance of powers. The, the whole reason America became great and generally prosperous in the first place and what we're getting away from is the actual constitutional balance of powers, the checks and the balances. Who has what power to do you know, what? And you know, this isn't something that just started in 2008. Uh, if we are going to war, we're supposed to have a congressional declaration of war. My goodness, the Nazi threat was a, a, a thousand times worse than anything we're facing in the Middle East, and we took that out in five years, and we're done with it. Yeah. The reason that we're still, we are still have this pr- problem with the wars is because we've ignored the Constitution. We went in without a proper declaration. If we had had a declaration, we wouldn't have a threat anymore. We'd be living in peace and prosperity now, and it, it, part of the reason is we're getting away from the Constitution. It doesn't matter what party does it. The more we get away from it, the less well-off Americans will be, and this is a sh- strong constitutional issue of the balance of power. This is not a power that the president is supposed to have.
1: Wow. Is this more about future elections? Uh it, well, it's
4: more about the survival of America to
1: me. I mean um, I mean not for you, not not for you, uh the Republicans right, that, right. that wouldn't stand up for it is it is it with them is it more about future elections, you think? Uh actually,
4: I think for the Republicans that stood against Rand Paul, it was more about uh favored defense contractors than anything. And that that's just my personal opinion. Um, you you, understand, you have to understand the way the power struggle works in government, in, in a legislature, whether it be Raleigh or Washington, D.C. What ends up happening is the guy who gets the most in donations, and in order to even get to that level, you have to be taking lobbyist money. There's just no way around it. The guy <laughs> who gets the most in donations ends up sharing some of that money with other people in the hopes that they're going to be allies or vote for them for uh, a high-party office like a speaker or what have you. So as long as we allow money to drive these processes, then the people who give the money are going to be the ones with the biggest voice, and that that's a real problem. Uh, Eisenhower, President Eisenhower, the hero of World War II, the guy that defeated the Nazi menace himself, warned about the military-industrial complex, and that's where we are now. Uh, and we there's all kinds of solid examples of this, the F-22 uh, advanced tactical fighter. What ended up happening was, is they completely funded this program to the mm-hmm. tune of mm-hmm. billions and billions and billions mm-hmm. of dollars. And as soon as they funded it, they said, "Oh, that's enough. We don't want any more of that. Now we're going to do the the uh, 35 or or what have you, the adva- the, the joint tactical fighter."
5: Yeah. Well,
4: why not stick with the plane that works, you know, instead of uh, paying all these billions of dollars out and then canceling the contract and then doing another one for another billions of dollars, and that one's not even going to work until the 2019 at last at last count. So, wow. you know, we have to t- understand even on the conservative side, even on the right side, that we're wasting a lot of money in the defense industry that's basically behind defense contractors, that's behind lobbyists and special interests in government. We could have a stronger military than we do today at far less money if we get the corruption out, if we get the lobbyists out.
1: Money, you 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 said you definitely said it right in and- it's interesting because you know we we pay our we vote on our representatives. You know first they we vet them or they vet us. It seems like, but you know these people say that they want to run, and then you know we we talk to them and we vote them in office, and then they get there and uh, they they declare that they're going to do what you know the American citizens want them to do. Well, in the process, it, as it, it's, it, let's make this important. Let's let's make sure people know that how important it is that the representatives that we vote in are our liaisons between the federal government and the states. So, mm-hmm. you know, once we vote these people in, it's amazing what happens because somehow the lobbyists get a hold of a lot of the representatives while well, the lobbyists also get a hold of the federal government. So you got lobbyists working for both ends, and then we end up losing the liaison that we once had. So it seems like today the federal government is getting their way more and more than less in all issues so it leaves a bad taste in a lot of people's mouth, and you know a lot of folks' mouths, and they don't want to vote anymore. They just want to give up. They're, I'm hearing people say, you know, there's nothing I can do anyway because they're gonna they're gonna do what they want to do anyway. So I'm hearing a lot of that, and and you know, folks are looking for a savior, and, and it's unfortunate, you know, because we are the saviors, and I keep saying that, hmm. you know, don't wait for a leader. The people we are leaders collectively. And and if we really want to leave, we need to stand up and we need to vote and we need to speak on these issues and make some calls. And I'm sick of folks marching, Glenn. You know, no disrespect right. to anybody. Y'all can take this and chop it up and, and make it how you want it. But I'm sick of people marching and not doing anything after the fact. If you march, you need to have a cell phone calling your representatives while you're there. That's a beautiful right. time to call them. If you got a bunch of people standing on the steps somewhere or marching somewhere and they all agree on one issue that needs to be changed or something that they feel strongly about, somebody should whip out their cell phone and start calling their representatives. And then that's when they'll take you serious
4: that's absolutely right and going back to the ultimate truth you know we need to be wise as serpents and and uh, gentle as doves amen uh, you know because we go back and uh, here's a good example when i was in the general assembly uh it was widely produced uh, published that uh, a poll had been taken and i was con- called the least effective member of the general assembly uh the on the bottom of everyone including you know number 120 well, it turns out that the poll was of 437 lobbyists.
5: <laughs> so, you know,
4: and, and this, this this is the effectiveness oh. rating that we've used on the General Assembly for the last 50 years. Really? And, and it's – yeah, and it's a poll of lobbyists. Do we I mean, do we really want to go by a poll of lobbyists to determine yes. who's the most effective? You know, yes, I don't man, want yeah. to. I was proud to be last.
1: <laughs> we need to use that. That's that's a good poll, but we just need to read it upside down. I we need to keep using <laughs> that poll. Right? We need to keep using that poll and then we take those people and we reverse them because it's obvious if you, if you're the least effective with the lobbyists, that's the people that the citizens want. That's who we want. I want you. You know, we're going to put you at the top of our list. You can stay at the bottom of the <laughs> lobbyist list, but we'll put you in the, in, the, in the top of our list, and then maybe we can change some things. You know,
4: that's right. That's right. We we have to be wise about that, and that was my reference to wise as serpents and gentle as does, because we're going to get pounded with information that we need to distrust, and we need to know what that information is.
1: Amen on that man. Six one nine six three eight eight five five nine. You listen to the KRP Radio Show, number one Black Conservative Radio Show, Talk Radio Show, Southeastern United States, baby. Got to go to a caller real quick, Glenn. Let's see what we got here, man. We got one person lit up out of, I don't know, 57, it looks like, 57 online callers. But one person wants to speak out of the 919, last three digits, 053. You hit number one, so I think you got a comment. Am I on? You are on, sir. How are you?
3: Good. This is Rocco.
1: Rocco, what's up, brother?
3: Outstanding. standing Good to hear two of you guys talking to one another on the air.
1: Good to hear from you, man. I mean, I've been trying to get you to call in this show for the longest, but uh, I've been losing you somehow. What's up, man? I mean, who, who are you uh, listening hey, to?
3: I, I, I will make it a point now, Sunday night. <laughs> I will make it a point. I, w- I will <laughs> repent. Use a biblical phrase. I will repent.
1: <laughs> I'm jealous, man. I, I mean, I hear, heard you on Bill LeMay over there. Shout out to Bill LeMay, too. Eagle Eagle, Eagle 980, Eagle 280. What is it? Uh, 8.50 a.m. Okay, 8.50 a.m. Shout out to Bill LeMay over there. But I, I've heard you on Bill LeMay, and, you know, I've said, man, I need that guy to come on this show, man, pretty regularly, but we've lost him. So I got Glenn here, and uh, Glenn's pissing people off, I'm sure, and I'm trying to help. So now we got if, if, you on.
3: <laughs> if Glenn was annoying people, he wouldn't be my friend. Hey, man,
1: Glenn, Glenn is awesome. I, I think we all realize that. But uh, what do you got for us tonight, Rocco? What, what makes you call it?
3: Just one one, uh, one clarification, there was a lot of euphoria with this whole Rand Paul filibuster, and I'm always glad to see a filibuster because there's so much that's wrong in the Senate. I mean, it should happen really every week. <laughs> uh, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, I mean, it, it was great that he took the time and, yeah, he was prepared. But the reality is, as far as I understand the law, we, we started this whole thing about uh, calling U.S. citizens, declaring them enemy combatants. To start with, Bush, I believe, was with Jose Padilla. There was another case, mm-hmm. and what mm-hmm. they attempted to do was legal fiction. They tried to say if you were an enemy combatant, in other words, if you were some, if you were a U.S. citizen, then you were somehow fighting against the U.S., even though we're not under a legal war. You know, the war on terror is a hoax. You can't declare war on an ideology or a tactic.
5: Right. But they said
3: if you, if you then opposed the U.S. at that level then all of a sudden you lose your rights to due process. So the two legal issues in my mind that I'd like to hear what Glenn thinks is that, number one, it's it's completely illegitimate because there is no legal war declared. Okay, That hasn't been the case since, I think, Romania and World War II. Number two, closer to home, even if there was a legal war declared, Article 3, Section 3, Federal Constitution, we would still have a right to trial by jury. So... I was unfortunately very disappointed because Rand Paul never touched on those key issues. Mm-hmm. And even after the letter was issued by Holder, it was smoke and mirrors. Holder just says, Yeah, we won't use a drone against someone who isn't a combatant. So he left, I mean, basically nothing has changed. They'll, they'll, they'll kill anyone or make anyone disappear if they decide subjectively someone is an enemy combatant. And obviously, Rand knows all this. And yeah, he chose yeah. not to make it an issue.
1: Well, I, I could. I, but Lynn, let me answer first, and then I'll, you follow me if you don't mind. But Rocco, I, I just want to say that so far as Eric Holder, he had to leave a gaping hole. <laughs> that was, that was obvious. He left, he left a gaping hole because they know exactly oh, yeah. what this is. you oh, yeah. know but but you know Baran,
3: that. Baran yeah. then voted voted for Brennan afterwards. I mean, yeah. the Principal would had been to vote. No, he, he should have said nothing's changed. No U.S. citizen can ever legally be declared an enemy combatant. No, I'm not. I'm not voting for this guy. And Brennan, as Glenn knows, this is the architect. This is Mister Drone.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, he had to pee. That's what it was. He had to pee, <laughs> and uh, he, he didn't think about it because he had to pee real bad, and that's why the filibuster didn't go on longer. <laughs> <laughs> he, you know. I never thought of that
6: pushy. I never yeah, thought he,
1: of that coming out. Yeah. His now. cheeks was rosy, man. He's about to explode. <laughs> he had to go. You know. If, no, I'm, I'm kidding, Glenn. Go ahead. I'll, I'll let you have it. Man. Sorry. Well,
4: uh, Rocco actually has a, a very valid point. Uh, the policy-wise, nothing has changed. I think that uh, w- one of the reasons why I'm a lot more forgiving is because right now we hold less than 1% of Congress. And, you know, most of what we're going to be able to do at this point is more about the court of public opinion than about government. We have no influence on government right now: none, zero. If every single person who agreed with us in Congress were to stand up and, and, and completely make this the hill we're going to die on, it won't have any effect because we don't have enough people in Congress, which is why I'm okay with taking the court of public opinion direction so that we can inspire more people who think like this to get into Congress and get past this 1% issue.
3: Well, yeah, I, I, I could see that, but the beauty of Ron Paul – and, of course, he was derided as Dr. No – is that he would vote consistently – With the Constitution. So to me, again, if I don't see what was accomplished, because I see a lot of people being euphoric and celebrating over over the fact that nothing was accomplished. And again, if Rand had clarified it and said, okay, the policy hasn't changed, I'm going to vote against Brent." In other words, Glenn, what's your take? What was accomplished by him voting for Brent? Because it's created the illusion in a lot of people's minds, not yours, that something was accomplished when nothing was accomplished.
4: Actually, I don't think that's so. I don't think a lot of people think that the government policy has really changed. I think the euphoria is basically, hey, we found a way to chip at uh, Obama's armor. Uh, that's you know the folks I've talked to. Uh, the the happiness, the joy is basically based on we found a line of attack where, where Obama's vulnerable. We found a way to inspire Republicans. And that's what I'm trying to turn into, having more candidates who think like us and actually growing our representation in
3: Congress. Hmm. Well, well what do you think Rand's angle was? I mean, Rand obviously knows what we've discussed and far more. Why do you think you voted for Brennan since he knew nothing changed?
1: I'm, I was curious to that myself. That was actually right, one right. of questions. Well, it's it's
4: not something that I would have done, and my record reflects that reality <laughs> that, that I wouldn't amen. have. But, amen and amen. What what I what I will say is that I I personally think and this is just my opinion I don't really know I think the reason he was doing that was in order to stop the mouths of the media who are just going to call him an obstructionist or a doctor no like like Ron Paul was uh, and you know we have these enemies that I think he was just trying to play chess and and sidestep it's not something I would have done I don't necessarily agree with it. But I, I think that's what he was trying to do. Look what he did with uh, confirming. Um, oh goodness, Hegel. You know, part of the reason he had so much authority to filibuster Brennan was because he had just voted to approve Hegel, something that I vehemently disagreed with. But you know, when what, one of the things he's doing that I didn't is when you're less than one percent. Uh, you know, he's
1: playing he some of these. Yeah. Yeah. Right.
3: I, and uh, I, that was the case in Hegel too, wasn't it? Yeah. I, I yeah I think there's only four Republicans that uh, gave Hegel a, a not, gave him a nod. But Glenn, I guess you're more you're more optimistic than I am because in light of the uh, NDAA, yeah, you know, if you follow what you know what happened, there was amendments that Rand had submitted to the 2013 National Defense Authorization Act, and Stuart Rhodes. Jeff Lewis, Dan Johnson of Panda, they all said it did nothing and I follow at first I thought it was good and then when I when I saw their their review, uh it did nothing. So in in light of Randall Ray doing that and now this, uh, you could say you could say I'm terribly cynical, but I I just don't see any reason to trust them.
4: Well, uh you know, I really like Jeff Lewis, but uh I tend to disagree that they did nothing. I mean, the fact that we're talking about it now means that they did something. Uh, if you know, the, It became a, a pretty big media issue for a long time. You
3: no, know, oh, no, no, but the, you see what I'm saying? This, this is where the, we're the starting. We're not starting. Right.
4: We're not starting in Congress. We only oh, no, have 1% no, of Congress. We're starting no, here in you, public you, opinion. You see,
3: of course. I, I understand I understand that angle. I'm I fully. i I'm fully sympathetic to that. But what I'm saying is that as far as the law, he drafted amendments to the ND, 2013 NDA that would have done nothing, and that's why Stuart Rhodes – and, and those other guys opposed it. So to me, yeah, that's that that's that's really, really troubling.
4: Well, I mean, I tell you, um I, I disagree with my good friends that it would have done nothing. Uh but I mean it certainly didn't do as much as anyone who's on this side of the debate would like to have seen. Uh and until we can actually get public understanding of these issues we're not going to get any movement in government, and I, I think that that's where hit is, particularly Rand's primary focus is right now is making the public understand some of these issues.
1: Well, does, does, no, I, does Rand have I, the support, though? Does he, does he have the support to do some of the things that, that we would like to see him do?
3: Not like, More now than so. uh, two weeks ago.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, well
3: all, yeah. all I'm saying, is I understand. I understand you know, the, the 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 angle and the perspective to change thinking. I, I full I fully appreciate that. I'm sympathetic to that. But I'm just saying, he could have done that and drafted amendments that would have really changed the NDAA. The reality is, what he presented would not have changed it. From what my, from what I read. My understanding, I mean all you know right. all the lawyers it's not just Stuart Rhodes or jeff lewis and the, and the what lawyers he presented
4: that was, and yeah. and what he presented was too controversial to be heard mm. so
3: if you go yeah, on even I, stronger, yeah. it'll be even more controversial
1: so so yeah, stronger I, would have been more effective you think if if he i, I, I think some,
3: you, you, you have to make a say in all words to 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 pass to present an amendment that wouldn't have substantially or materially changed the indefinite detention provisions I just don't, I, I don't see the point. In other words, I guess you could argue kind of what Glenn's saying, if I understand that it gets people talking about it. But it's just like now, to me, to vote for Brennan when nothing changed, to me it would have been far stronger and it would have been far more effective to teach the people to say, you know, my filibuster, obviously, and he, Rand even admitted on the floor, he, he said he knew Brennan was going to get confirmed, but it would have been far more effective to vote against him, to just say the policy hasn't changed. I agree. No, the way I, the way I see it, the media is not a rational
4: actor, and when course, when you're trying course. to try stuff in the in, in the court of the media,
3: then what's rational to thinking people isn't always what's going to work.
5: <laughs> yeah,
3: well you can't right if you're gonna play that, if you're gonna play that game though. I mean you never you'll be paralyzed. You'll never do anything because well the we media don't play that game. Gonna... We lose America. <laughs> I mean We're he has no wins in Congress, no.
1: he, but he he has no wins though. I. I Look, personally, I I don't get it either. I did have it on my list here. I I don't get it either because he had no wins either way, you know. If he if he still wouldn't have voted for him, you know, he either way he had no wins because of this filibuster. I mean, people know who he really is. So, did he gain anything by actually voting for him? You know, I don't. Yeah, that's precise.
3: Uh, That's my point. Yeah, that's my point. It would have been far more effective in the court of public opinion if people knew, you know, particularly. People that tend to be more neoconservative are opening up to these ideas. They were seen, yeah, you know, gee, yeah, you know, he he he's stuck by his guns.
1: Well, look, I'm I'm all for the filibuster. I just a, a lot of people. It, it makes you wonder was he grandstanding. A, a lot of people wonders was he grandstanding. I I said it was a needed grandstand if that's what he did. But he just he followed up wrong, you know. And I don't I don't personally see how he gained anything by you know. Solidifying the vote. I, I just I don't see what he would have gained because people know who he truly is. No matter what, you know, but the media is going to talk about him, they want to talk about the filibuster. No one's really talking about him voting for the man, so or, or confirming him with the vote. So I I just don't understand why he did it in the first place. I, well, I, I, I would you, love I to
4: I wouldn't have made that vote myself, but I do know that had he uh, went ahead and voted no, then it would have been all over MSNBC, CNN, yeah. and and the rest of the the clowns. They, they, they'd come out and say, <laughs> "Oh well, he got himself an answer, and he still voted no." Uh, you know, and that's that's the why I think
3: was oh, yeah, he was sensitive I, to I that. Think, yeah, I'll I think, think that. in my mind that would have been good, Glenn, because then he could have said, "I voted no because the policy never changed." <laughs> right. Well, you know, that's more of what I would have done, but neither you or
4: I
1: are in that seat. So <laughs> <laughs> hey, I,
3: let me, I, I, I guess ask what it comes down something.
1: to Go ahead. Let, let me ask both you guys something right now. Greg Brandon. Give me, can, I, can I get two minutes a two minute discussion on Greg Brandon? Rocco, let me ask you first. Greg has thrown his, his 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 hat in the ring and he's gonna go for it. What do you think?
3: I, I, I really can't discuss it. I I'm really not I really can't discuss it right now.
1: Oh, you I know, really come on. Say. You got to you got to say it's a good or a bad thing. I mean, you don't have to d- go into any details, but I mean, come on, man. This this is major for North Carolina. People know who this man is. You know who he is. Uh, I know who he is. I, I mean, isn't this a great thing for North Carolina Senate? I mean, I, sorry, I really, for the, for the Federal Senate?
3: I really can't get into it. I really can't get into it on the air. All
1: right. I'll call you. Okay. Hey, I need to grab another call, Rocco. I appreciate you calling in, brother. Hey, anytime, man, you're welcome, okay? My pleasure. All right, take care. Bye. Going to a call out of the 252. Uh, Glenn, we got 20 minutes to go on the show. You might as well stay on with me, brother.
4: Works for me. All
1: right, we're going to a call out of the 252. Uh, We got a few of those. Last three digits, 150. You're on the air with Glenn Bradley and Pudgy. How are you? Two five two one five zero is the last three digits. You're on the air with Pudgy.
2: Pudgy hey. John Nix. Hey, John. How are you? Good, man. I just wanted to make a uh, an observation. We're talking about filibusters and whether it does any good or whatever. I think it does one thing that hasn't been discussed, and I think that it opens up. I mean, look how long C-SPAN covered it. Look, you know, everybody watching C-SPAN uh, got to got to hear and see. Um, the truth, and got mm-hmm. to see um, and hear what somebody had to say, and and all the relief he got, and um, I just think that um, it, it's it's a great thing for for us to um, it's, it's it's our First Amendment
1: in action. So, I love it. I love that. Yeah. I love that. You know, I, come on, you me, okay, you know, I love that. Come on, I'm always running cool. my mouth somewhere. So. Oh,
2: I know that. Yeah, yeah I which I just that. didn't hear it said. And I was, you know, there's a lot of discussion about. Uh, whether it did any good or this that and other, and I just think that um, you know, it was uh, it, a lot of people heard something they maybe had not heard before, yeah. Um, and and especially with the drones. So.
1: Well, I I we I, I think we all agree that it it, it did some good. I, I think that what, what we were talking about was his vote on uh what's what's his name again? I'm sorry, Glenn. Yeah. Uh, the CIA, yeah, Brennan. You know that was yeah. You know that that's what I just didn't see is. Is is doing any good? Personally, I thought if he would not have voted for him, uh, and and Glenn, I do agree with what you said that's all we would have heard on the air on on the news. But I thought it would have been more effective if he didn't vote for him. It would have, to me, it would have solidified his filibuster. You know.
2: Well, I agree yeah. with that. Yeah, it is more of a, an appeasement process, maybe.
1: Well, I mean, yeah, people could have looked at it either way. I, you know, just like what Glenn said, I, I think they would have. They would have quickly said that, hey, you know, uh, he got his answer, and he still voted no, and 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 didn't want Brennan in in office. But I mean, either either way, he, we all have our reasons for not wanting uh, Mr. Drone Strike himself, you know, in office. I, I personally, I, I don't like the man based off the things he said. I mean, and, and the secrets that he hold. I, I think it's just the wrong position for him, for America right now. No doubt,
2: no doubt. Yeah, I, I no agree question. Hundred percent. Yep. Well, I don't want to take up too much of your time, but um, um, Glenn, um, good to hear you, and um, we'll be at the convention this summer. So, well,
4: oh, thank you so much. I do appreciate that right. more than I can say.
2: Yeah, all right, we're delegates. <laughs> we'll see you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, buddy.
1: Hey, man, thank you, brother. I love you guys all for right, calling brother. in, man. You appreciate too. it. All right, buddy. Take
2: right. care.
1: you John Nix, folks, call in, showing a little bit of love to Glenn Bradley, man. Look, man, you got two delegates, man. Well, you know, I hey. I don't know. You you tell me, man. You got delegates calling in here. What's up? <laughs>
4: well, our numbers do look pretty good. Uh, there's no question <laughs> about it. Uh, that doesn't mean I'm going to sit back and, and stop campaigning. But uh, I mean, we've built a coalition here mm-hmm. in North Carolina that is unlike most of, of across America. I mean, you have Tea Party people involved. You have Liberty people involved. You even have uh, traditional establishment republicans involved so the the coalition is big enough uh, that i don't really have much worries that this is going to go south but it you know i'm not going to stop i'm still going to go county to county i'm still going to go reach out to chairmen and let them know that i'm uh... not uh, the guy that the News and Observer uh, tries to make me out to be.
1: The news <laughs> <laughs> Man, shout-out to Pat McCrory, man. Shout-out to Governor McCrory, who's done some B.I.G. things here recently. Uh, whether folks support him or not, you know, he's bringing jobs to North Carolina. He's doing exactly what he said he would do on the campaign trail. And so far, so far, so far, I believe in the man and, and things that he said he was going to do that he, I, I believe that he's going to do the things that he said he would set out to do as governor of North Carolina. So, and, and a BIG shout out to Dan Forrest, man, holding it down as a uh, vice pres over here in North Carolina, <laughs> <laughs> Lieutenant governor holding it down, represent North Carolina, man, definitely doing some B I G things out there. You know, people are talking Glenn and this is going to be a, 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 a very talked about uh, race. I don't know if you have any opposition at this point. Um, you know, is there any opposition for vice chair for you right now? Uh,
4: we well, we right now we don't know whether or not the current vice chair Wayne Keene, plans on running or not. He hasn't really said. He took a job with a congressman, and uh, he, for, his only thing he's been able to say so far is that he can do both jobs, which is fine. You know, I understand that. I gave up my life to pursue politics, so I understand what it means to need a job. But, uh, you know, he's not saying one way or the other way that he's going to run. There's another gentleman who hasn't decided what office he wants to run for yet, uh, chair or vice chair. So basically the two people that may run against me, we don't know yet.
1: Ah. Well, I mean, you know, a my, my, shout-out to anybody out there who, who thinks that they can do a good job at it. And, and I know a couple people out there who were talking about it, you know, kind of – you know, kind of, uh, it's in their, it's on their radar. You know, uh, chair mm-hmm. and chair and vice chair, and you know, I'm, I'm very adamant in saying that I, I think these are some very good people. Um, you know, whether they can hold the position or not, I don't know. I think that's something that they will have to think about. But you know, a, in the end, I think there's a lot of people out there who are wanting to do some great things. A lot of people out there who are setting out to do some great things, and and I, I support just the premise of that, man. I, if we can just get some good people in some good positions out here. You know, I think we'll be a, a lot better off. Hell, I, I'm looking at trying to run for uh, NAACP president uh, of the nation. You know, I, I'm, I'm lying. They, they'll fry me. There ain't no way. I, I know I wouldn't get that job. But I heard people out there, somebody might have died just now. They might have drunk some juice and choked when <laughs> I just said that. So I hope not, Well, but you know. Well, since, since,
4: since you brought that up, though, uh, I do want to mention in 2010, the NAACP president of Halifax County, uh, I encountered was an amazing guy, and I think yeah. he's, uh, at, he's par- at least partly responsible for the acceptance I got up there. A- and in downtown Roanoke Rapids, the six precincts, 98% African-American, yep. a- and we won those pre- six precincts because I brought the Frederick Douglass message of strict constitutional compliance uh, being the best for civil rights. It so worked. you know, without that kind of support, it wouldn't have happened.
1: It, it, it works, Glenn, and, that, and that, that's why I'm a conservative now, man. It works, man. If you if you take the Constitution and apply it into your life and your lifestyle and, and your everyday. Uh, actions, it, it simply works, man. It, it, it's very simple. It's not complicated. You know, the freedom of speech, the, the right to bear arms, all those things really work. But the problem is when we don't realize that people are trying to take those rights away from us. And we support those people who are trying to take those rights away from us just based off of a, a rock star mentality. Uh, uh, we like something that they like. They seem like they're like us, or we like the same people that they like. You know, that's when politics fail. and and we have a lot of that right now. So I commend you for running. I commend anybody else who's throwing their name in the hat. You know, let's just do some good out here, and uh, let's not alienate folks. I mean, let's go out here and try to go after all North Carolinians and really spread that message, spread that love. We got to spread love, man, and and that's what it's all about. So if I could be of any assistance, you guys know that I'm here. You know, I don't know about taking any job or anything like that, but I'm definitely here to help folks. And I don't like my hand style, Glenn. I I guess that's probably why – I probably won't ever run for office that I know of because one, I'm too passionate. I'm something to say something that most people won't agree with. <laughs> and, and, uh, Story of know, my life. <laughs> yeah. it's just it, That's just not the way in politics. And, and maybe I'll do like Ricky Bobby or, or whatever his name was. And maybe I'll run for something and I'll win just, you know, being that ridiculous, but who knows? Um, <laughs> I just want to ask you one last thing, Glenn, and, and you know, we're going to let you go here, but, you know, if, just like we had two delegates called, John Nix and his wife just called, and uh, you know these guys are are very big in my book. Shout out to them, um, but John and Michelle are two delegates, and I know that there are other people out there who are hearing you say that you're going to run for GOP vice chair. And uh, one, I'm asking if what would your message to them be right now to make them come to the table and say, you know what, I'm a delegate, I'm a delegate, and I, I support Glenn Bradley, even if they're not. Maybe there are folks out there who can't actually vote on the position but they could maybe they know delegates maybe they could gain some support for you by writing a letter or you know what's your message to those people Glenn
4: Well <clears throat> my basic message is that I have the ability to help craft party unity and it's party unity that delivers Republican victory in the polls. And beyond that, it's not just only unity, but it's unity around the actual principles that makes Republicans great. And when you go back and you look at when our party was great for America and helped prosper America is when we stood on principle. And we'll, and that's what I'm going to help bring, not just standing on principle, but also, but also outreaching to the 18- uh, to 30-year-olds and outreaching to minority voters in a way that the Republican Party hasn't done in 50 years. Uh, 60, 70 years ago, uh, you know, the Republican Party would consistently win the minority vote, the African-American vote. And we've come away from that because our party's come away from being the party of civil rights, real civil rights. You know, we forget that the Civil Rights Bill of 1965 was actually authored by Republicans. Sure, uh, th- these are these are things that we have to to get back to. We have to become the party of civil rights again, and the best guarantee of civil rights is strict construction of the Constitution. It's a Republican platform. We can do that. We can win the youth and the minorities again, and once we do that, we'll be undefeatable.
1: Wow, there you have it, folks. Glenn Bradley. USMC. I've heard from some Marine friends of mine that once you're a Marine, you're always a Marine, so that's, that's right. why I always say USMC and uh, former representative of the House, North Carolina. Uh, what district was that, Glenn?
4: It was uh, former District 49, which was all of Franklin County, a little drop out of Nash County, and about half of Halifax County.
1: Which has been gerrymandered to death, but that's another story. And, uh... Constitutional scholar uh, Just a brilliant guy, Glenn Bradley We thank you for coming to the KRP show We definitely appreciate all you've done tonight man. We've covered a lot of topics And uh, you're very Knowledgeable on those topics And and anybody that's been listening to this show I I could understand Why they they like Glenn Bradley I'm sure they understand why you Held the position that you held And are appreciative to you as I am So thanks for coming on the show, Glenn
4: Thank you, Budgie, it's truly been an honor
1: yeah man we get a round of applause for Glenn folks can we please thank you Yeah we're a little we're a little slow but Okay that's enough We're a little bit slow man but you know we try to do try to do some big things on here So again hey Glenn you have a home here uh, when the campaign starts and once you get elected and, th- and the ball is rolling, don't be a stranger to us because we're going to need somebody to keep us informed of what's really going on out there. And who better than the vice chair of the GOP in North Carolina? Absolutely. I'll do that. Thanks, Glenn. Take care. All right. Thank you. So that was Glenn Bradley, folks. Like I said before, you know, USMC, former House of Representatives, uh, North Carolina, the man does some B.I.G. things. We're going to go to commercial, then I'll come back and close the show here in just a second. You're listening to the K.I.R.P. Radio Show. Shout out to everybody out there who are listening, man. You guys are B.I.G. in my book. We'll be right back after these messages here in The Flash krpradioshowcom talk slash K-R-P radio show. That's how you find us. If you guys missed the first half of the show, you could also use us by phone. Kr, I'm sorry, six one nine six three eight eight five five nine is the number. iPhone listeners, we got you. iTunes podcast, Krp Radio Show. We'll be right back after this message.
6: for good things to come to you. you <laughs> will be waiting for a pretty long time.
1: For all your trucking needs, make sure you contact Allen's Trucking, LLC. That's Allen's Trucking, LLC. Owner, Brian Allen and BA Welding Incorporated. For all your trucking or your welding needs or transportation needs across the country, make sure you contact Allen's Trucking, LLC out of winston
0: Hey, Cam, thanks a lot for coming to my school today.
1: No problem, Nate.
0: I promise to exercise and eat right.
1: Don't forget 60 minutes to play a day, right?
0: And I'll grow up to be big and strong like you.
1: Absolutely. I'm in the NFL. Yes, sir.
0: And be dressing number one. Maybe. And become the starting quarterback of the Panthers. Okay. You can be my backup. Excuse me? And make Panthers fans forget about you. What? And become your mom's favorite player. Whoa. It's the same way he did when he was in high school. After school, he practiced, then he went to the gym. This is what he wants. This is the life he chose. And if you want it, you have to work hard to keep it and keep on going with it. So I believe he will come back. And when he do, I'm going to be at...
6: You don't call yourself a superstar. That's for other people to say. And you don't come out the South Side without a few people having your back. Chicago is my home, my love. It's our time. This is a story about my family, my team, my roots. This is a story of D-Rose.
7: Like the originator and not an imitator. Get you out of your comfort zone, inspire you to take action. Be risky and always stay
1: true to your passion. Tiffany Inc. is located in Los Angeles, California. Tiffany Inc. specializes in designs, creative brands for the entertainment, fashion, beauty, and food industry. Some past and present clients include Joel Osco, j k Fresh LLC, celebrity chef Nikki Shaw, teen and family producer Doreen Spencer, the National Association of Veterans, the Alzheimer's Association, and a host of fantastic others. To contact Tiffany Inc., all you have to do is log on to www.tiffanywithaneyeinc.com. TiffanyInk.com Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody, to the KRP Radio Show, man. Definitely had to pay some bills. Really appreciate everybody for listening to the show tonight. It's been a wonderful show with our guest, Glenn Bradley, who came on here and absolutely tore it up. And, you know, that's my terminology for done well, in case you don't know, but he didn't tear anything up. Not for real. Well, not here. Maybe at his house. But anyway... I'm going to leave you guys with this one scripture man And I really appreciate everybody Everybody listening to the show Everybody doesn't believe like I believe But you know if you're going to be on this show We believe in Jesus over here So you know it is what it is But going to Proverbs chapter 6 10 through 15 Yet a little sleep A little slumber A little folding of the hands to sleep So shall thy poverty come as one traveleth and thy want as an armed man a naughty person a wicked man walketh with a froward mouth he winketh his eyes he speaketh with his feet he teacheth with his fingers Frowardness is in his heart he deviseth mischief continually he soweth discord therefore shall his calamity come suddenly suddenly shall he be broken without remedy for all you folks out there who have these ulterior motives that like to take advantage of people who just want to do right, that's for you. Shout out for listening to the KRP Radio Show, man. We'll catch you guys next week. Same time, same place. I appreciate everybody out there for showing us some love. You are B-I-G in my book, and we'll catch you guys next week, man. Don't forget, 8 o'clock. And if you missed the first half of the show, don't forget you can check us out at krpradioshow.com. In about one hour, we'll get a whole replay. You guys will get to listen to the show all over again so definitely definitely let fit folks know retweet us we're on twitter we're on facebook we're on linkedin we're all over the place thanks for the support and i appreciate you guys maybe by next week we'll be at nine million baby let's go catch you guys next week k-r-r-p radio! Real gon'
0: recognize, real gon' recognize, real gon' recognize, real, real Only gon' recognize, still,
5: still, I will. Like we always do with this time I go for mine, I get the shine Let's throw your hands up in the sky